This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Laugh it up, fuzzball. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Here goes the last DJ. Wash my hands of this weirdness. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another brand new episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Friday, February 5th. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Tony Sanfilippo. Tony, how you doing this morning? I am awake, I'm alive, and it's Friday. I'm pretty good, man. Uh, aside from the same old every day, I'm a little tired. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I'm excited uh, for today's show, man. A lot of, a lot of sports-centric talk today, a lot of uh, a, a great lineup for a show, and uh, it's going to be a good time today, man. How are you doing? You know, I'm doing good. Uh, you know, we're looking forward to... One of our favorite holidays of the year. Yes, we're talking about the big game on Sunday, the Super Bowl. Chiefs versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Not our favorite teams in the world. Obviously, we're rocking our Broncos gear. So, uh, you know, we root against the Chiefs in that regard. But We're we're stuck in our five-year-ago blip, right? Exactly. (laughs) Five years ago, we were uh, getting to watch our Broncos uh, decimate the uh, Carolina Panthers at Super Bowl 50. It was a damn good good game for us that's for sure if you're carolina then that wasn't a good game right well we'll get back there sooner rather than later i hope anyway Uh, i think so too (laughs) i think so too all right at least i'm optimistic well as if you haven't figured it out this entire show is about the big game it is about the super bowl which brings me to kicking off things the way we do each and every day with a question for my co-host Tony, when you're making your predictions, when you're going out there and, and figuring out, okay, you know, who, who's going to win the big game, how do you compile that information? What sources do you go to to um, really sort of figure out uh, who's going to win? Uh, well, it's one of those things uh, in, in any sport or anything you uh, look at uh, deciding winning is just uh, – doing the facts um usually google is obviously your best and and going to different sports sites looking at the statistics how many times they've matched up how they play in the weather things like that there's always variations on what could give you the edge of who's going to win of course it's any given sunday anybody can win you really don't know but typically if you're going to uh, where like Vegas gets their bet makes and stuff, it's all compiled based off of uh, uh, due diligence and research and statistics. I was hoping that's what you'd say, and uh, hopefully Vegas isn't getting their 
statistics or picks from this source. Well, Super Bowl 55 is almost here and all the experts are getting their picks ready. But who doesn't love it when animals make the predictions? Jane the River Otter in Tampa has only been making predictions for a year so far. But so far, she's been batting a 1,000. Her people have so much confidence in her, but it doesn't hurt. She picked the home team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Meanwhile, Nick the Dolphin hasn't lost in more than a year. The Marine Mammal didn't hesitate in picking the Kansas City Chiefs. So you have a head-to-head there. Well, the tiebreaker came down to Buffet, the manatee. Weighing about 1,800 pounds, the veteran predictor has a 10-2 record, and this time he picked the hometown Bucks. So it's uh, 2-1 Bucks over Kansas City Chiefs. But uh, come Monday, we'll have to see who was the more accurate animal predictor. Was it Jane the River Otter? Was it Nick the Dolphin? Or was it Buffet the Manatee? I'm going to go with the Manatee and the Otter. <laughs> you're thinking we'll see, it's, though. You're we'll thinking see. it's going to be the Bucks, not the Chiefs. Yeah, well, let's just say I hope it's the Bucks. When you when you look at everything, um, they're playing at home, which is which is no team's done that in the Super Bowl, right. but they'll play at home in front of uh, fans. Um, I think it being the Super Bowl, it's actually going to be more neutral versus an actual home game, as mm-hmm. as most Super Bowls are a neutral site for both teams. Um, so and there's be- no like one advantage versus the other. However, um, I, that's just that's who I'm rooting for. I'm spoiling that. I don't know if there's going to be a part of the segment where we talk about who we're rooting for. Not but, necessarily. Uh, you know, as much as I'm not a Tom Brady guy, I get sick of seeing the guy win every year. Um, but it, you know, and I don't want to see Peyton lose the sole record of the only guy to win a Super Bowl with two different teams. <laughs> <clears throat> but being a Broncos fan, I just can't root for the Chiefs. I'm sorry to my friends that are Chiefs fans. Nothing against you guys. You guys are so damn good. Like, I just, I can't root for it. I'm sorry. What do you got against your buddy Patrick Mahomes? Hey, well, you're, the thing is, is I'm about to become the next GOAT, and I'm... You, you know, I'm just trying really hard, and Brittany was really rooting me on, and uh, I want to buy her another Lamborghini after uh, a good game. I almost got a haircut the other day, and I almost got to miss the game because of COVID, so uh, I avoided that, and I'll be playing uh, the big game on Sunday. Look at that. We got an exclusive from Patrick Mahomes. What else could you yeah, ask for? I will be the MVP again, and I will be the best there is, the best there is was and the best there ever will be because I will be beating the GOAT on Sunday. And yes, I quoted my friend Bret Hart. (laughs) Well, folks, uh, we are talking the big game. We have a wonderful show lined up for you today. Let's talk about today's show, shall we? It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend, weekend. We are looking forward to the weekend, but not before we bring you a NFL version of Good News, Everyone. We have a segment called Strange Super Bowl Moments. Our call-in topic today is Best Super Bowl Commercials. G-Man's joining us for the Super Bowl picks, matchups. He's going to have some prop bets as well. I love the prop bets. We round out the day with This Day in History, and Tony is up next with the entertainment news. Folks, do not go anywhere. We will be right back. (laughs) 
Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Friday, February 5th. Now, we have a little thing called the Phoenix Line. It is our 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line, giving you guys the opportunity to chime in on anything whatsoever. Maybe you let your animals pick your Super Bowl winners. We want to hear about it. Give us a call at 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O or 855-336-4973. All we ask is that you keep it entertaining. We'll compile those together, put them out in a future show. Now, it is the second segment of this show, and that means Tony is here with the entertainment news. Good morning, everybody. It is Friday, February 5th, and here is your Filippo Fast 5. All right. Metallica Grant, rare license for Inner Sandman in Ford F-150 Raptor commercial, likely debuting during the Super Bowl. Uh, Chadwick Boseman makes SAG Awards history with four nominations in a single year. Morgan Wallen disqualified by the Academy of Country Music for upcoming awards. One day airplay down 80% and his career continues to go down, 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 if you even know who he is. (laughs) Uh, Taylor Swift is sued by Utah Theme Park over Evermore album title. Apparently, can't use Evermore there. So is Edgar Allan Poe going to sue her as well? He's going to sue the theme park. That's coming on Monday's show. Oh, there you go. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. Former uh, longtime NFL coach Marty Marty, Marty. Marty Schottenheimer. Marty! Marty! Uh, Marty Schottenheimer moved to hospice care, family announces. So sad news there, but uh, that's your Filippo Fest 5. Now, while I do have quite – I have like two football stories in this one, but I'm going to start out where – it's been kind of my throwaway story this whole week, but it's a good throwaway story. <laughs> right. uh, Metal is about to get a major spoit, a major spotlight in the comic. Oh, yeah, I like to say spoit and moit. Yeah, I can't seem to spit my words out today. It's all right. It's uh, Metal is about to get a major spotlight in the comics world as DC have announced their new Dark Knights of Death Metal band edition series. Ozzy Osbourne, Megadeth, Ghost, and Sepultura are among the acts featured in the upcoming release. By the way, they are not death metal bands, but I digress. Right. The series will comprise of seven issues with different metal act being featured on a variant cover. The issues will also feature an intro from the band, an exclusive interview. Some of the top comic artists have also been called upon to create the covers. Um, The lineup includes issue number one featuring Megadeth, cover artist Juano Guarnido, Issue 2 will be Ghost with cover artist Werther Edera. Issue 3 will feature the band Lacuna Coil with cover artist Tempano and Antonio Fuso. Featured band Opeth. Uh, Opeth. Opeth. See, I can't, I can't do this today. Issue number 4 uh, cover will be from Matteo Lafay. Uh, number 5 will be Sepultura from Albuquerque and Pedro Merrill. Uh, issue number 6, Dream Theater. Cover really? artist Santi Casas. And issue seven will be Ozzy Osbourne from Marco Mastarazzo. And uh, I will uh, share, they just share some of the art. Like I can see the uh, 
uh, Sepultura one. Uh, it's got some DC car- comic book artists with the metal. So I'll put that up on our uh, Facebook page. You can take a look at it. Pretty cool stuff, especially when you are metalheads like Christian and myself. Um, and you combine the world of comic books, which is kind of combining our, our Proton Pack world of things. And we're just kind of throwing it out there for you, the fans, to know that it exists. Sorry, which I is, didn't hear what you well, said. Well, thanks, Siri, for participating. <laughs> What's not, cool? Not your, not your segment there, sweetie. What's cool about that is they're all bands that we really listen to, maybe with the exception of Sepultura. Uh, I stopped yeah. listening to them after uh, Max Cavalera left. But uh, very cool that they are combining those worlds together. Um, I'm just disappointed there's not a Jim Lee cover. Yeah, Jim Lee would have been awesome. I was hoping as I read that I was going to come across Jim Lee. Never did, though. Oh, so, But I hopefully I didn't Filippo any of those names too bad. I feel like I did okay. I think the accent helped maybe cover up uh, some of those. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, you just make it sound either French, Italiano. You're probably good all overall. Good-o. <clears throat> So going from like metal and geeky comics to something you and I both love is Ghostbusters. Well, obviously we know I've we've announced on the show Ghostbusters Afterlife has been pushed to November. Well, Ghostbusters star Ernie Hudson was interviewed about the movie and he's liked to talk about his character Winston Zeddemore. So in Ghostbusters Afterlife, he says that the movie will reveal Winston's backstory. So there you go. 1983 draft of the original script. Described Winston as a five-year U.S. Air Force Air Police captain with extensive and impressive resume. Later versions of Ghostbusters pared down the role Dan Aykroyd scripted for comedian Eddie Murphy. Hudson admits it's frustrating to go from a character who ran the Ghostbusters to a hired hand that is just there. Which... No offense, but poor poor Winston is just there. Exactly. He's a good he's, character, but he's just there. He just sort of Hudson showed up, and then they're like, okay, you're a Ghostbuster now. Yeah, you're hired. Like He just walks in. He goes, hey, I'm here about the job. Hey, you're can hired. you do this? Yeah, you're hired. Oh, okay. That was easy. And then they start smoking cigarettes back in the day. <laughs> Hudson reveals his fan favorite character has a more concrete story in this movie compared to the first two. So um, you're going to get to know about Winston. So if you were ever curious... Hey, he is. Uh, this is just more excitement for this Ghostbusters movie. It's just they're going to tie it in, and which is an awesome thing. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, every bit of news that's come out for it has made me want to see it that much more. I just hope it doesn't disappoint now that my level of expectation is way up here. Yeah, yeah, that's how I feel. And man, now is the time for me to get constant phone calls during this segment and it's the third phone call i've gotten and it's all, i'm sure it's all spam don't they know you're, you're busy your warranty is expiring press one to talk to a representative <laughs> no um one thing that uh i don't know i doubt this is going to get you excited to see this i know our friend Lacey is going to love this because we bag on him all the time because he was a terrible joker but uh obviously we know um, that Zack Snyder's Justice League will be out in March, and we've heard rumors of Jared Leto's letter letters. letters. Wow. Jared Leto's Joker will uh, will be more prominent in this feature. Um, based off the uh, tweet from Zack Snyder the other day, um, it's saying that there will be a little scene in the film, but it's going to have a little bit more to it. Um, they changed the look of the Joker. He's no longer the gangster-looking Joker. He's no longer he looks Hot more Topic along Joker. Along the lines of Heath Ledger's Joker. Okay. 
Let's put a smile on that face. <laughs> so in the uh, blurry picture, it shows the Joker card with him holding it. And in the blurred background, it looks very reminiscent to Heath Ledger's version. So, um, I've, I'm intrigued. I mean, I'm intrigued to, to uh, see. I don't know how that's going to really redeem him or this movie, but all the hype behind this uh, this Justice League uh, Snyder cut, I. Uh, I knew that would get Friday to mention. I, <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not intrigued to see this version of Jared Leto's Joker. It's just got to be better than the Suicide Squad version. So, well, it, I, color me intrigued, man. How about you on all this? Well, and that's the thing. So my problem, not only with the Suicide Squad Jared Leto version, the fact that he looked like he went to Hot Topic and picked up, uh, you know, whatever was on the rack. But his version of Joker wasn't the manic, crazy Joker, the anarchist that we all know and love. It was more of like a Axl Rose, like smooth. It's just not Joker. So Welcome to the jungle, Harley. We got fun and games. Ah, 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 ah. So, but I've got some faith in Zack Snyder. So we'll see if he changed up that character a little bit. Yeah, so we reserve judgment. Lacey has a chance to redeem himself. He does. Yeah. Um, let's see, we still got a couple of minutes. So this is good. Uh, James Gunn is, uh, well, it's no surprise, confirmed that Thor Love and Thunder involvement and there's going to be a connection to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Production officially began on Thor Love and Thunder, and fans have already been relishing at all the details and all the spoiler little pictures that have been popping up. One of the most interesting aspects of the MCU installment is that the, it will feature the appearance of members of the Guardians of the Galaxy who Thor Odinson, played by Chris Hemsworth, teamed up with at the end of Endgame. With the Guardians expected to headline both their own long-awaited threequel and their own Disney Plus exclusive Christmas special, questions have begun to be raised about how their Love and Thunder appearance will lead into their own storyline. According to the Guardians writer-director James Gunn, there will definitely be a connection. He tweeted he didn't that he didn't have much input on Love and Thunder, but he did collaborate with Taika Waititi. Um... So he is saying, be ready for a really fun ride and everything's in good hands. So other than that, this was more of a filler. And I just wanted to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy. Hey, I don't blame you. We love it. We're looking forward to it. James Gunn, Taika Waititi working together. What more could you ask for? Exactly. And now with the last two stories being football stories and me just really putting out good vibes in the world, uh, our very own Broncos... uh, Kareem Jackson uh, was interviewed on TMZ Sports yesterday saying that he has been talking with Deshaun Watson, and Deshaun Watson has said that Denver is a place that he would like to play for. It's in his top uh, three to four team, well, his top one to four teams, somewhere in that range. They didn't rank him. Um, and his uh, Deshaun Watson's camp has confirmed that Denver is a possible landing spot for the quarterback if he is traded from the Texans, which ultimately we know that's going to happen. Right. And I'm sure they'll do better with that trade than Rocky's ownership did with Nolan Arenado. <laughs> so um, this is something I would love to see for the Broncos. I, I think this is the kind of guy you got to give up quite a bit to get yet. You got to do it. It's going to sting. I'm sure we're going to give up. 
Ooh, quite a big haul in draft picks, but man, I'm I'm on board. How about you? If they know what's good for him, they're going to make the trade. They're going to do what they need to to get him over there. And even if next year isn't the greatest season, they're setting up for future seasons, which is the big thing. Yeah, and I was watching Rich Eisen last night, and he said when he found out that this news, he's like, okay, because he's a big Jets fan. He definitely wants them to go to the Jets. And he's just like, why would you want to play Patrick Mahomes? Like, twice a year like why would you want to be in that division well it's simple being a competitor you'll want to be in that division and plus we need to compete against Mahomes because he's so freaking good so that we do uh, I, I am all for it so um the last little story is just real simple it's just basically uh Philip Rivers will officially retire a charger and then you're um that is that I know we're getting into the birthdays I see the time running low so let's just Roll on to birthdays, and then if I got time, I'll tell you a Super Bowl fact. It's my birthday! Oh, yeah. R&B singer who founded New Edition, the little group known for such... Uh, well, and he also did a solo. He's more known for a solo act. His songs have every little step, humping around, my prerogative, and he held the door for the Ghostbusters as his song On Our Own plays. Still no proton pack for him or his kid brother because they are not a toy. Bobby Brown is 52. Uh, rock bassist for his time with Guns N' Roses, Velvet Revolver. He also tells jokes on Talk is Jericho. Duff McKagan is 57. The Ladies Man. Yeah, would you like a fifth sandwich? Leon Phelps is 60, a.k.a. Tim Meadows is the real guy that portrays that. Roger Staubach, a two-time Super Bowl champion and captain comeback, is 69. And nice. I cannot find where I put my little Super Bowl fact. Okay, Super Bowl fact of the day. The New England Patriots overcame a 25 deficit to in Super Bowl LI to become the first ever overtime in history. It's also the biggest comeback in Super Bowl history, but nonetheless, the fact was Super Bowl LI, Falcons, and the Patriots was the first to go to overtime. 34-28, something Atlanta fans will never forget. (laughs) That is your entertainment news, your birthdays, the whole shebang. Have a good week. There you go. Well, that does do it for the entertainment news. When we come back, it's Friday. We like to take you in the weekend on an up note with good news, everyone. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after these messages. After these messages, we'll be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. Now back to the show. Indeed, this is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Friday, February 5th. Now we are all over social media with many of you watching us as we speak on Facebook Live or YouTube Live. Now if you want to get a hold of me on social, I'm available at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. That's Christian with a K, Phoenix with an F, Radio, of course, with an R, or on Instagram and Twitter at Phoenix Media Radio. Tony's available at Facebook.com forward slash Tony.Sanfilippo. That's S A N F I L I P P O dot nine four, or on Instagram at Tony.Sanfilippo eighty one. Now, being that it's. There you go. 
Being that it's Friday, we love to take you guys into the weekend on an up note, considering all of the negativity and the bad news and everything, the vitriol that's out there. You know what? We like turning the tables a little bit and bringing you... Good news, everyone! And in this version of Good News, Everyone, it's going to be a couple football stories because we are celebrating the big game on Sunday. So for mine... Back in March of last year, during a time when most were doing their best to keep their distance from others due to the COVID-19 pandemic, Isaac Rochelle was brainstorming ways to bring people together. We had all this extra time and also a desire to help people, called Rochelle, a defensive lineman for the Los Angeles Chargers. We kept asking ourselves, how can we make donating fun and easy, but also super impactful at the same time? Ultimately, Local Human was born. Led by Rochelle and his neighbor Trevor Beck, the philanthropic company creates apparel with intention not to fill their own pockets, but to fill the buckets of others. Each month, the organization chooses a charity to support and creates a t-shirt to accompany its cause. For each t-shirt sold, Local Human sends one t-shirt to a children's foster center while donating every dollar from each purchase to their nonprofit, the Do Good Foundation. To top things off, Local Human and the Do Good Foundation join the Feel Good Friday movement. Hey, it's Friday. Each week by brightening someone's day through a random act of kindness. More than 600 shirts were sold in the first month alone, resulting in more than 1,800 meals and 600 wellness checks via Meals on Wheels, as well as an immense relief for those communities most vulnerable to COVID-19. But it wasn't until the second pandemic of 2020 resurfaced in May, following the murder of George Floyd, that Rochelle knew he had found his calling off the field. What started as an initiative to give back during COVID evolved into making an impact within social justice in America, said Rochelle, who teamed up with several Chargers teammates to pass out food and water to the 50,000 protesters at June's protest in California. There's a lack of opportunity in the black community for a lot of different System, uh, systemic reasons, and COVID has attacked black communities in a different way, so we wanted to address those issues. With a focus on allyship and a lifetime commitment to social justice, Local Human create, created the More Than a T-Shirt for June's campaign. All proceeds went to Campaign Zero, Legislation Against Police Brutality, the United Negro College Fund, Access to Higher Education, and the National Fair Housing Alliance, Combating Redlining. A food insecurity initiative followed, and Rochelle zeroed in on helping the humans and communities duly impacted by the ongoing COVID and racial pandemics. And so, you know, we're talking football players doing good things. A lot of guys go out there. They try to help their community. Uh, but it's great to see that somebody like Isaac Rochelle took it a little step further and has an ongoing charity to uh, really try and uh, bring about some change so uh, with that being said that is my good news everyone that was some good news there buddy uh mine it's funny because i didn't like reread it but i did get a good story out of it so initially mine was going to just be uh the nfl giving away free super bowl tickets to 7500 healthcare workers for the big game it was pretty much the article that's that was it roger goodell gave that so i was like oh well that sucks that's uh not quite the news story but i found a good one that popped up that's football related under so we will go with this all right and uh while some super bowl commercials might be advertising various businesses and brands this grateful pet owner took out a 30 second ad to raise money for veterinarians who saved his dog's life 
Uh, this is not the first time David McNeil has featured his dog Scout in a Super Bowl ad. The seven-year-old golden retriever has previously appeared in commercials for WeatherTech, McNeil's company. This year, however, McNeil's six million dollar time slot tells the story how he almost lost Scott Scout, excuse me, to cancer. There are so many companies selling this snack or this beer, that car or truck or whatever, McNeil told WMTV. I'm like, what can I do that's really a good thing to help the university and the school and the animals? Veterinarians diagnosed Scout with an uncommon heart tumor after he collapsed to the floor last year. They said that the senior pup only had one month to live, and it would be best if McNeil euthanized Scout. McNeil refused. Instead, he brought Scout to the University of Wisconsin School of Veterinary Medicine and begged them to help his beloved dog. Since the many cancer treatments are human, are also effective for dogs, Scout began undergoing chemotherapy, but after just six weeks of treatments, his tumor had shrunk by 78%. Two weeks later, it had shrunk by a further 50%. As a thank you to the veterinarians who saved his dog, McNeil then bought a Super Bowl ad encouraging viewers to donate the university and its research. This is an amazing opportunity for not only the University of Wisconsin-Madison and the School of Veterinary Medicine, but for veterinary medicine worldwide, Mark Mac said Dean Mark Mackle. So much of what's known globally today about how best to diagnose and treat devastating diseases such as cancer originated in veterinary medicine. So Scout is happy. There's going to be a heartwarming uh, Super Bowl ad. And uh, what a good way to give back, to give a shout out to uh, the university. And and just shows like it's it might be easy on the pocketbook to sometimes give up on animals. I know they can be expensive when things go south, but... You know, they're like your kids. They're yeah. family. You, you know, you fight to keep them around, and, and that's what happened with this. So that turned out to be all based, not so much sports-centric, but being a Super Bowl ad, which is something we will cover in the middle of the show. So call and let us know your favorite Super Bowl ad. It could just be this one. Who knows? Exactly. And it's not every day that a badger saves a dog. So, uh, you know, it's uh... yeah. Wisconsin like Badgers. You there you go. All right. Wisconsin. Yeah. He starts to come and then he pulls out. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tony, I would certainly say that that qualifies as good news, everyone. Well, folks, uh, hopefully that brought you the feels, made you a little warm on this Friday. When we what come back. Fuzzy in your tum tum. <laughs> when we come back, we've got a segment called Strange Super Bowl Moments. You won't want to miss it. Don't go anywhere. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And folks, we've made it to the final segment of the first hour of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show on this Friday, February 5th. But don't fret, there is still plenty ahead, including the interactive portion of the show where we're talking to the best Super Bowl commercials ever. So many fun ones, heartwarming, funny, whatever it is. If it's your favorite, go ahead and let us know. Now, if you missed a portion of the show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to phoenixmedia.us, click on the show's link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts. 
Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, about 20 in all. While you're there, be sure to subscribe. That way you always have the latest episode. Leave a review, let us know what you think, and tell your friends because sharing is caring. Now, speaking of sharing, we are sharing all about the big game. Yes, Super Bowl is on this upcoming Sunday. And so in this segment, we're going to be talking about strange Super Bowl moments. Ready, down, put. Obviously, the Super Bowl has a storied legacy of some great games, some ho-hum games, but uh, these are some of the weirder things that have happened. For instance, Packers receiver Max McGee had four receptions all season prior to the Super Bowl. So since he didn't expect to play much, he partied a little too hard the night before the big game. But on the third snap of the game, starting receiver Boyd Dowler injured his shoulder, forcing McGee onto the field. McGee was so confident he wouldn't play, he left his helmet in the locker room. When he was called into the game, he simply borrowed a teammate's helmet and took the field. He then went on to catch the first touchdown in Super Bowl history, which was a ridiculous one-handed haul on a pass that was thrown behind him. As the film shows, Bart Starr got a little rush on it and threw a bad pass, and it was behind me. And I said, well, I better reach back and break up this interception. That's when I reached out, and the ball stuck right in there in my hand, McGee said in an interview with NFL Films. He finished the game with seven receptions for 138 yards and two touchdowns. The Super Bowl MVP award went to Starr, but McGee's performance gets remembered the most. Another fun fact, McGee went on to be the co-founder of the Mexican restaurant chain Chi-Chi's in his post-football career. Look at that. Chi-Chi's? Look at that. Off from a... <laughs> yeah, you, you never know when it's going to be your big break, but uh, maybe before the Super Bowl, you, you don't party a little too hard. Yeah, no, especially during your big game. Like, especially nowadays, I'm sure that athletes and stuff, they don't, they don't do any of that stuff the night before. I'm sure they get some good rest and, yeah, mentally prepare. That's a huge game. So. Okay. Well, maybe not the night before, but what about during? Ready, down, put. So, Thomas Hollywood Henderson's drug problems aren't a secret, but not many know about the time the Cowboys linebacker snuck cocaine into Super Bowl thirteen. From ESPN's Outside the Lines, on the day of the Super Bowl, he emptied a bottle of nasal spray, filled it with a vicious mixture of cocaine and water, I think that's supposed to say viscous, and slipped it into the pocket of his uniform pants. Just in case, he thought. He indulged before the game, then again in the third quarter. He forced a Bradshaw fumble that led to a touchdown that night and generally backed up his chatter. Drug addiction would continue to haunt Henderson throughout his NFL career. Within a 15-month span, he was kicked off one team, waved by another, and released by a third. He publicly revealed his drug problems in 1981 when he admitted himself into a rehab facility. The 49ers even traded a draft pick for Henderson, but his drug use likely led to his departure from there as he was waived after playing just one game. Drugs and football don't mix, folks. Nope. Okay. They don't. They sure don't. That Plus, yikes. You know, you might be playing a hell of a game that day, but... Just long term. That's just ay ay ay. Now moving on with strange Super Bowl moments. Uh, if your team wins, Tony, how do you celebrate afterwards? Oh, like a maniac. I think there's a video from me five years ago of going ape ape crap at uh, when we got into the Super Bowl. I think I lost it when we made it at, at that Buffalo Wild Wings. Yep, like, I was pretty pumped. <laughs> yeah, you give a lot of energy as if you were really on the team, like. 
there's no greater feeling than when your team wins the big one. Like, it's awesome. <laughs> well, Tony, uh, luckily you didn't take it this far. Security must have been pretty lax during Super Bowl Thirteen because a fan managed to get into the Steelers' locker room following the team's 35-31 win over the Cowboys. The story comes from NFL film Steve Sable, who related it to the Los Angeles Times' Sam Farmer in 2010. As he explained, Sable was headed to the Steelers' locker room to be the first cameraman there when he spots an unfamiliar face. As he recalls, it's a pasty white little bald guy. He said, I'd been around the Steelers long enough to know this guy wasn't a trainer or an equipment guy. Who the hell was he? It was obviously, it was obvious he wasn't a player. So I went over to talk to Joe Green at his locker. And during the course of the interview, this guy comes out of the shower and starts getting dressed in front of a locker near Joe's. I said, Joe, who is this guy? And Joe's exact words were, I don't know who he is. According to Sable, the fan went over to Larry Brown's locker and actually started fielding questions from reporters. He said the reporters eventually realized this guy wasn't an athlete and the fan got dressed and walked out of the locker room. That is one way to celebrate. That's pretty awesome. You're like, how'd you celebrate the game today? I drank a lot of H2O, quality H2O. It was delicious. I, I contributed a lot. I'm the water boy. <laughs> that, that's my role. Uh, my uncle's Bobby Boucher? No. <laughs> Gatorade. All right, let's what move on. What is better? Let's move on with a strange Super Bowl moments. Ready, down, well, the night before Super Bowl 33, Falcon safety Eugene Robinson was arrested in Miami for soliciting an undercover police officer. Posing, posing as a prostitute. Earlier that day, he had been given the Bart Starr Award, which is given to the player that best exemplifies outstanding character and leadership in the home and on the field and in the community. Ooh. Robinson was still able to play in the game, but he admitted he didn't get much sleep that night. The Falcons ended up losing the game 34-19, to and Robinson gave up an 80-yard touchdown to Broncos receiver Rod Smith. Boy, that is one way to celebrate your uh, award for uh, outstanding character by being busted with a prostitute. Yeah. Way to go, Walter Payton, man of the year. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Well, I guess the only thing worse than being arrested the night before is going missing completely. Ready, down, put. Well, the day before Super Bowl 37, Raiders starting center Barrett Robbins went missing. His wife said he went partying in Tijuana, Mexico. Robbins uh -oh. was diagnosed with depression in college at TCU and had previous episodes where he'd struggle with his inner demons. He was dropped off at the team hotel two nights before the Super Bowl and made the 11 p.m. curfew. But his wife received a phone call the next morning saying Robbins didn't attend a team meeting. He was missing all day and until around 8 p.m. when he showed up again at the team hotel incoherent. Coach Bill Callahan took him off the game day roster and had him stay with his wife and two daughters. The Raiders were blown out in the game versus the Buccaneers, 48-21. to Boy, crazy things that people do. And obviously, you know, any physical sport is going to result in concussions, ultimately depression of some sort. Uh, but uh, going, getting lost in Tijuana, Mexico, that is one place you don't want to be. No, no, this is a this is not where you want to go get drunk and disappear and yeah, you don't want to do you don't want to have a hangover type experience there. Exactly. Folks, we are talking in strange Super Bowl moments. Let's go on to our next one. Ready? Down, put. 
Well, Thurman Thomas finished the 1991 Bills regular season with 2,038 scrimmage yards. So when he didn't start Super Bowl 26, there was naturally some confusion as to where he was. Turns out he was on the sideline looking for his helmet. So how did his helmet get lost? Well, it depends on who you ask. The popular story is that Thomas had a ritual where he'd place his helmet at the 34-yard line and that during the Super Bowl, it was moved for Harry Connick Jr., who had this, had uh, to sing the national anthem. However, in 2011, equipment manager Dave Hodgnowski had this to say, I firmly believe that one of his teammates picked up Thurman's helmet thinking it was theirs and walked to the other end of the bench and realized it wasn't his helmet, put it down, and then went to find his own. The future Hall of Fame back and NFL MVP that season went on to have a terrible game, rushing for just 13 yards on 10 carries. Thomas doesn't look back and laugh at the mistake either. In a 1992 interview, he was candid in saying he doesn't want to be remembered for that little mistake. Do people really think I'd be stupid enough to not know where the helmet should be, Thomas said? It got moved. No one knows why to this day. You really can't explain it. When I think back on it, I should have known something was going uh, to happen bad. It was a culmination of a nightmare. But what really frustrates me is that people were talking after the game like I was the reason we lost. Anyone who thinks that because I missed two plays we lost is a damn fool. A damn fool. He just punctuated with that. Yeah. A damn fool. He's like, I ain't taking a blame for it. But, yeah, that sometimes happens, though, in the Super Bowl. You... You get these great stars that have these fantastic seasons, and then just when it comes to the big game, they that's the game they end up having their worst showing. It happens to uh, it happens sometimes. I mean, yeah. you look at uh, Peyton Manning in that horrible Super Bowl against the Seahawks, you know, at uh, Super Bowl 48. Uh, dreadful, man. Just couldn't get anything going, and, you know, long snapper throws it over his head. And, <laughs> and like uh, you, like oh, you said, terrible. any given Sunday, good things can happen, bad things can happen. Technical glitches can happen. <laughs> We're no stranger to those. Well, this moment happened recently, so it's likely most likely one most you remember, but it's still worth mentioning because of just how weird it was, especially for the biggest event in American football. A minute and 38 seconds into the second half of Super Bowl. I'm not even going to bother trying to figure that out. No, uh, the Roman numerals are a pain in the ass. Yep. It's, a, power, a power outage led to a blackout in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. This then led to a 34-minute delay while the issue was fixed. A 15-page report based on an investigation into what happened was released about a month after the big game, explaining what caused the blackout. If you don't feel like reading all of that, the Sports Illustrated summary covers it pretty simply. The switchgears installed by Entergy in preparation for the Super Bowl contained a d device called a relay that was supposed to shut down the power supply if either feed reached a certain amperage. The problem, the factory settings were too low. Hopefully we don't see that again in this Super Bowl, but it was a weird moment. Folks, that does it for the first hour. Stay tuned for our second hour, including our interactive portion, the best Super Bowl commercials. Go get some tea, listen to the news, take a potty break, and we will see you guys in about seven minutes. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Turn up the radio. 
I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. February 5th. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. Still got my co-host here, Mr. Tony Sanfilippo. Tony, you're ready for not only the shortest hour of the week, but it's the last hour of the week, at least for the show, before we head into the weekend. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, I'm ready, man. It, that first hour and that break went too damn quick. It did. I got the one-minute text, and I'm like, come on, T-Brew! And uh, <laughs> also helped on my... On the break, I had to uh, this TMI, but you you know you ever get the dry hands? They start to crack, especially here in Northern Nevada. Yeah, yeah. So like during the winter time, I have to wear gloves. Well, I don't have to, but I choose to while I work, so I don't get splinters and stuff from pallets. Well, I got two splits on my fingers, so it Ouch. looks like razor blade cuts, and they just throb. So I had to put the liquid bandage on. So. Ooh, it was a little painful break today. Painful. <laughs> but you got a lot done, which is what's yeah, important. Man. And you made it back here in that time. second half, baby. Exactly. Well, folks, this is the interactive portion of the show where we want to hear from you guys, the listeners and the watchers on the topic of the day, which is why we give it to you 24 hours in advance or in the case on a Friday, 48 hours, 72 hours, two days in advance. But uh, give us a call when we give you that topic at 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. Let us know what your answer is, your story, whatever it may be. But today's topic is the best Super Bowl commercials ever. <clears throat> um, you can also chime in on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. Just click into the live video there and uh, comment into the comment section. Now, uh, Super Bowl is obviously this Sunday. It's hard to take a pee break at any point during the game because, one, you want to watch the game itself, but then when the commercials come on, well, you want to watch the commercials too because they're usually pretty good. I mean, advertisers spend a lot of money. Uh, this year, I think it's, what, $5.6 million for a 30-second spot. Yes. And so they put all of their effort into making them the best commercials they can in addition to things like movie trailers and things like that, but the advertising is really what sort of stands out. So that's what we're looking for. You know, what what ad, you know, either warmed your heart or just made you laugh hysterically? What was your favorite Super Bowl ad? Tony, I got to ask you, what about yours? Uh, I went through uh, last night and I kind of skimmed through like to think, okay, what which ones do I remember? Because obviously I remember little bits and pieces of some. But then one that really triggered when I saw it uh, was... This was from, uh, I don't know what year this one is. Oh, 2010. It was a Snickers commercial. And it's the one where it was the start of the whole year campaign. You're not yourself when you're hungry. Uh And out on the football field, it's uh, a bunch of guys playing, you know, yard football. And Betty White's out there. And at the end, they're like, Mike, you're playing like Betty White out there. And Betty White gets up. She's like, that's not what your girlfriend said. (laughs) 
and then she eats a snicker bar and then of course mike's back so um that really i know that helped betty white's career more not more so but she's a national treasure more notoriety for that exactly that was one of my favorite commercials because that was the whole start of the snickers thing snickers does great commercials my favorite snickers commercial for football was uh, always the guy who's painting the end zone and uh, one of the players runs up and says oh that's great who are the chefs great googly moogly I still that use that great googly awesome. moogly. <laughs> yeah, you quote that still to this day. Yeah. I didn't realize that was a Super Bowl commercial. I don't know if it was Super Bowl, but it was football related at least. And uh, it was Snickers. Though. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, there are so many to choose from. One of my favorites in recent memory was a Volkswagen commercial. Little kid dressed up like Darth Vader, walking around the house trying to use the force on different things, and it's just oh, not yeah, working. Yeah. And at the end, he's... Uh, you know, out on the porch, and he sticks his hand out at like he's using the force on the uh, Volkswagen Passat, and magically it turns on, and he gets all excited. Obviously, the dad's in the background doing the remote start, but uh, just a great commercial, sort of linking our loves, you know, geeky, nerdy, Star Wars culture, and football, and uh, just really well done, funny, and heartwarming all at the same time. Yeah, I forgot about that until you brought it up. That commercial was fantastic. I I loved it. Yeah, Volkswagen, you know, for a while they did some really great commercials. Recent ones, not so much, but hey, they've got a chance on Sunday to... uh, to I am excited to see what happens Sunday because this Sunday, unfortunately, there's not a lot of... uh, So they say there's not a lot of big ads coming out. Yeah, they uh, said uh, Budweiser's backing out, Coke's backing out, and Pepsi is backing out, which... Pepsi doesn't, I don't understand. They're doing the entire halftime show with the weekend. Um, weekend and the his weekend. bloody bandages. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, we'll see, but... Uh, I'm just hoping... They got annoying last year to me, those tied ones with Rob Riggle. Ugh. They got <laughs> annoying. They were fine at first, but just throughout the whole show, I was like, shut up. I'm sick of these things. Wasn't it Charlie Day? Was it Charlie Day? Was it was Rob Riggle one of them? There's a Rob Riggle one. He may have been part of one of them, but Charlie Day was the one who kept hopping from commercial to commercial. Okay. Yeah. My fault. Not but, Rob Riggle. Yeah. I was thinking Rob Riggle was in one, and he's who I pictured doing a commercial, and Rob Riggle kind of annoys me. So, <laughs> Except for on Holy Moly, he's great. But uh, uh, Okay. In any case, folks, that's what we're looking for is the best super commercial. Super Bowl commercial. Commercial. See, there's something about the O's and the A's today. It is Morty, strange. Commercial. Yeah. <laughs> Best Super Bowl commercials ever. Go ahead and chime in on our Facebook ever. page right now on Facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. Click into the live video comment there. When we come back, it is all about you guys. We'll be talking those best Super Bowl commercials. Don't go anywhere. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. We are back. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Friday, February 5th, and we are smack dab in the middle of the interactive portion of the show where we want to hear from you guys, the listeners and watchers, about the topic of the day, which is the best Super Bowl commercials ever. 
Now, if you want to chime in, head over to our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. Click into the live video and comment there with your pick. We talked about ours before the last break. Tony was talking about Betty White and Snickers commercial. I loved the uh, Darth Vader kid from the Volkswagen commercial. But what's your favorite commercial? Tony, I assume you had a few people chime in on your end. Uh, Why don't you go ahead and share theirs? I did. Um, Lacey has chimed in, and thank you, Lacey and Mike, for chiming in daily. Always good to get your guys' feedback. Um, I watched this commercial on break because I hadn't seen it um, because it airs airs Sunday. Um, But uh, most of the this year's Super Bowl commercials are already online, so you can kind of watch them, which is kind of crazy that you can see them ahead of time. I, I like the whole surprise of when you see it during the game yeah me too but uh there's this cheeto commercial with mila kunis ashton kutcher and shaggy and it's called it wasn't me and the the premise of the uh the commercial is mila's caught um eating the cheetos and ashton's like what he goes did you eat my cheetos again it's for the cheetos popcorn or the pop cheetos and uh, she goes it wasn't me and then shaggy's sitting on the couch he goes well just say it wasn't me then they bust into Shaggy's. It wasn't me, and they kind of, they kind of tied into it. And uh, it's a, it's a cute little commercial. I can see it being a good one. Um, you you guys can see it on Sunday or as Friday informed me as I'm reading the article. She got it from Ashton Kutcher's Instagram. Which hey, that's fine. Getting more eyes on the product before the big game. That's what you can do with the advertising nowadays. But so nonetheless. That's a good pick for a commercial. Yeah, it sounds like Cheetos is jumping on the Geico bandwagon with trying to bring back these nostalgic songs. You know, Geico had the uh, the rat song, Round and Round. They did uh, Tag Team with Whoop, There It yeah. Is, or in that case, Scoop, yeah. There It Is. Scoop, there it is. Sprinkles! <laughs> Chocolata. That's actually a pretty fun it's one. It's a great commercial. Um, yeah, and we have uh, another one. She said, who could forget... If you want to go vintage, the Budweiser frogs. Bud. Absolutely. Why? <laughs> Zer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they were famous, man. Yeah, Budweiser, I mean, obviously, tons of great commercials. Bud Bowl, obviously, the Clydesdales, of which we are not going to see any. They said that they're not advertising unless they uh, decided to uh, pull a little head fake on us. Yeah, do you remember the Bud Bowls? I always looked forward to those. They were always in between the commercials. It was always Budweiser versus Bud Light, and it was... Just random, just beer bottles with helmets, and they just played each other. And like, who's going to win the Bud Bowl? Tune in <laughs> after the second quarter, and then there'd be a whole other commercial for it. Um, no, I'd skip over to Animal Planet where they were doing the Puppy Bowl. Yeah, well, I'm just kidding. No. Why? Well, I, I personally <laughs> like adorable. the lingerie bowl they would do. You know? There you go. Yeah, you know they did that. Yep. Um, I actually never watched any of those. There was always advertisements like, tune over for the. For the butt or for the lingerie bowl. Oh but, uh, yeah. Uh, Ryan Regan on our Facebook page. Thanks for chiming in, Ryan. Um, he always loved the Bud Bowl. That's what he put. So on par with what you said. And do you remember the infamous? Well, yeah. Oh like yeah. Who who doesn't remember that? I mean, even kids who were born after that came out, they still know that catchphrase. Yeah. If I have a kid, that's how that's gonna be like their first word. Well, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Another one that I absolutely loved was the Doritos commercial with the time machine and the little kid and outside with the cardboard box and the guy gets in the time machine and the kid starts kicking it and playing sounds, walks away during and an old man picks up the Doritos bag. The guy walks out and sees the old man with the Doritos bag now and goes, how long was I in there? 
Yeah, that was a that great was commercial, so too. I really liked that. So good. Well, Wouldn't it be cool if Doc Brown was on the other side? Marty! Right? That would be cool. Great Scott! Well, folks, we do still have some time left, so feel free to chime in with your pick for your favorite Super Bowl commercials. Uh, so many to choose from, but uh, as always, I've got a list to back us up, uh, including I'll play some back it up, audio from some of these. This one I don't remember too well. It was from the Super Bowl in the year 2000. It was for a company called EDS, which was purchased by Hewlett Packard. And the uh, commercial spot is called Cat Herders. Let's give it a listen real quick. This man right here is my great-grandfather. He's the first cat herder in our family. Herding cats. Don't let anybody tell you it's easy. Anybody can herd cattle. Holding together 10,000 half-wild short hairs. Well, that's another thing altogether. Being a cat herder is probably about the toughest thing I think I've ever done. I got this one this morning, right here. And if you look at his face, it's it just ripped to shreds, you know? You see the movies, <laughs> you hear the stories, it's... I'm living a dream. Not everyone can do what we do. I wouldn't do nothing else. It ain't an easy job, but when you bring a herd into town and you ain't lost a one of them, ain't a feeling like it in the world. funny watching it now it comes back to me hilarious you've got these rustic cowboys uh one of them sitting around a fire with one of those uh hair roller sticky things trying to brush the hair off and great commercial for a company that i don't even think exists anymore right do you recall i i, I don't remember that commercial at all like i was trying to vision it while you're playing it and i'm just like yeah nothing came to mind <laughs> Funny, nonetheless. Uh, here's another one. Uh, you were talking Snickers earlier. This is with uh, the 1995 Buffalo Bills, a Snickers commercial. Guys, I've said this four years in a row. But this year, we're not only going back to the big one, we're going to win it. No one is leaving this room until we figure out how. No one. Not going anywhere for a while? Grab a Snickers. Because nothing will hold you over like peanuts, caramel, and milk chocolate. Sounds Better like a one, uh, great Hungry? slogan. Or a, it should be like the, the official video for the Colorado Rockies and their <laughs> crap-ass organization. <laughs> Not Sorry, going I'm going to shoot on for a while? every point I can make fun of that team. I am going to dog on my former... One of my former favorite teams. I'm just going to dog at you. Yeah, that's all right. But, uh, yeah, not baseball, but it is Super Bowl commercials. That's what we're talking about is best Super Bowl commercials of all time. And there is still time for you guys to chime in with your favorite. Maybe it's one of these that we're playing here. Uh, here is another one. Uh, Tony, I know I've asked you about this one in the past. And as far as I remember, you didn't quite remember it. But uh, a great series of commercials. Terry Tate, office linebacker. When we asked Reebok to send us Terry Tate, some people thought we were crazy. But I'm a firm believer in paradigm breaking, outside the box thinking. Hey, buddy. Break was over 15 minutes ago, Mitch! And since Terry's been with us, our productivity has gone up 46%. <laughs> 
We're getting more from our employees than ever before. You know you need a cover sheet on your TPS reports, Richard! That ain't new, baby! Hey, Terry. Hey, Janice! But what's really <laughs> impressed me is how Terry's become part of the Felcher family. He fits right in here. That's a long distance call, Doug! To be honest, I wish Reebok sent us 10 Terry Tates. Woman, it's game time. It's pay time, baby. Woo! <laughs> that was a good one. I do remember that. Uh, Terry Tate, office linebacker. How did... Uh, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And now, I could be wrong on this, and, and I, I, I don't know. You guys can let me know. I think it was a Super Bowl commercial. I could be wrong, but um, there was that Kia Sorento one from a couple years ago with Bo Jackson. And then it started out as a, a Tecmo Bowl, like commercial. That's right. And he, yeah. Like you know how Bo used to run over everybody, but he jumped in the Kia Sorento, and he started driving around everyone, and got to the touch. He got to the end zone, and he's inside celebrating the car. <laughs> I remember that. That one was. They, great. I think that was a Super Bowl commercial. I could be wrong, but that commercial was fantastic too. Yeah. yeah. Bo knows. Bo certainly yeah. knows. All right, and then uh, this next one, we were talking Doritos Super Bowl commercials. Well, this one came out in 2009, titled Magic Ball. Hey, man, what's that? It's my crystal ball. It looks like a snow globe. Nuh-uh, it's real. Here, watch. Free Doritos at the office today? I think that's a yes! Free Doritos! <laughs> Takes a snow globe, smashes it through the vending machine to get, well, free Doritos. So, uh, yum. Doritos, you know, they, they've got a great uh, ad team behind them for sure. Yeah, they. I like the ones where they make it real lighthearted and fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I always like those memorable laugh ones that'll make you laugh. Um, and those, to me, those are the favorite ones because those are the ones that stick around and get overplayed. So by like May, you're like, okay, I'm good. <laughs> exactly. And folks, I'm going to post this up on our Facebook page. So if you want to relive any of these Super Bowl commercials, you certainly can. There are so many that we didn't play today that uh, we easily could have. Too many to choose from. But folks, when we come back, the G-Man is joining us for the last matchup of the NFL season. Yes, we're talking the Super Bowl and prop bets as well. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Friday, February 5th. Now we talk about it a couple times each show. It is the Phoenix Line, our 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line, giving you guys the opportunity to chime in on anything whatsoever, including the interactive portion of our show. Monday's topic is going to be Home Alone. What is the strangest or scariest thing that's ever happened to you while you were home alone? To let us know, give us a call at 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O or 855-336-4973 for the alphanumerically impaired. 
All we ask is that you keep it entertaining. We'll compile those together, put them out in a future show. Now, in this segment, we've got uh, one of our favorites coming back, the G-Man. Final week of the NFL season. We're talking the Super Bowl on this Sunday. And G-Man, I've got just one question for you. Are you ready to the football? Absolutely. You guys ready? Oh, so oh, ready for it. Very ready. Very ready. <laughs> now, in G-Man's matchups, we usually pick the top three games and do the uh, betting picks for that. But there's only one game this weekend. So, instead, we're going to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl itself where he put the line on that. And then we're going to be talking prop bets as well. These are the fun little in-game bets that, uh, you know, determine certain little things uh, all the way from coin toss to a number of interceptions, things along those lines. But uh, we'll get into those. Before we do, let's talk about the game itself. You've got Patrick Mahomes, MVP from last season's Super Bowl. Yeah, you do, Christian. I'm very ready for this game. I told you earlier. I'm going <laughs> to win it for Brittany. We need a new Lamborghini. <laughs> and Tom Brady, who's been the MVP of numerous Super Bowls. That's right, Christian. I've been uh, in a lot of games, and uh, I'm ready, son. That's your Tom Pretty Brady good. impression, Tone? Yeah, very old, man. <laughs> Both. So, G-Man, how do you see this game playing out? Oh, man. So, I'm still thinking about the question of when was the most I've been scared at home. <laughs> it, it might be Sunday, right? That's that's kind of like what it led me to because as far as being, like, scared, you know, I have I have plenty of weapons. I have, <laughs> you know, so I don't think I've ever been scared. But uh, – Probably if I was, it was either from watching a movie with surround sound or probably from a bet. There you go. That I had made where uh, <laughs> there was a you know, little mistake that I may have made. That's probably the most scared that I ever am at home. And that being said, uh, you know, to transition into the Super Bowl, um, kind of fun. You know, of course, I think it was week 12 earlier in the year these guys met and it ended up being a field goal game. Um, but if I recall correctly, you guys correct me if I'm wrong. I think the the Chiefs just like just came out and just hit them in the throat, and then the Bucks made it it uh, closer. Seems like there was at least 11 point uh, lead at one point with the game. I could you could double check that if you need to. But you know, I tell you what, um, I like everybody else. It's hard to pick against the Chiefs. Um, you know, so as far as a pick, I don't know if it's too early but you know i would say before the game if i had to make the bet i'm going to go ahead and take that minus three with the chiefs uh, do as i normally do make sure i go down to william hill and buy that hook so that way it's a two and a half and the game by a field goal uh, during the course of the game and overtime or whatever you know i get to win instead of kissing my sister so to speak isn't that the old <laughs> you know having a push bet something like kissing your sister exactly <laughs> something There's like so that much- there's so much sensitivity about genders these days. Boy, I tell you what, it's almost, you know, you're scared to even say anything. Right. So, <laughs> um, that's another that's another topic for a different segment, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll, we'll use that so, one later on. To finish up uh, on this pick, the one thing that does scare me, it seems like everybody is picking the Chiefs. And uh, from a betting standpoint, you know, experience tells me that that's always – a nervous position to be in uh, because of course these guys that make these spreads that's how they make their money you know is uh, you know a public sentiment goes one way and the game goes the other so that being said uh, most of my uh, uh, activity will be on the in play during the course of the game 
Uh, that's the nice thing about that. So I'd encourage people to go ahead and download that app because it's a lot of fun. And there are times where when the game does go wrong, you do, there's opportunities sometimes to get your money back or, or minimize your loss. Yeah, a little course correction. Now, Tony and I were talking about this earlier. Do you think there is any advantage to Tampa Bay playing in their home stadium? Or is it truly going to be a Super Bowl neutral territory? You know, that is a good question. I'd say, you know, first of all, the advantage that you do uh, have is kind of, I wouldn't say negated. Um, yeah, it actually is now that I think about it because number one, there's like a 50-50 split of the tickets between the two teams. So you don't get that true home advantage. And then even at the time during the game when there's uh, all of those uh, fans that are half in the stadium, to maximize their noise, their noise uh, this game, they're only allowing a third of the capacity. So there's only going to be one third of the total capacity. So I don't, I don't see that how that's going to be a home field advantage outside of the fact that they play, you know, eight games or more there this year already. Exactly. And it's not like they're playing at Lambeau Field where the home field advantage would be the weather. They're in Tampa Bay. It's warm weather. It's going to be beautiful. Uh, you know, there's no advantage in that respect. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, obviously, the game itself, it's going to be fun, fun to watch. You know, we were talking Super Bowl commercials beforehand, but one of the other fun things to do during a Super Bowl game is all of the prop bets. Before we get into the specific prop bets, can you let people know how prop bets work, how people bet on them, and uh, then we'll get into uh, the the five that you provided, uh, which tend to be pretty fun. Yeah, uh, prop Prop bets is just an abbreviation for a proposition bet. And if you think about just the basic definition of that, it would be, you know, uh, just like if we were just randomly saying, you know, uh, you know, hey, I think that, uh, you know, Tom Brady, you know, is going to throw for more touchdowns than Patrick Mahomes. And I'll give you two to one on your money. That could be something that basically two guys that like both teams and they're in the game together could put together. So it's just basically a proposition. Hey, I got a proposition for you. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so like, not to, not to step on Tony's, you know, acute, you know, improvisation skills there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I like to think that I'm going to throw a touchdown right out the gate down to Tyree kill. I'm going to toss it down the line. It's going to be great. <laughs> He's going to be rooting for me, little Mahomes in her belly. It's going to be an awesome time, and uh, we're going to run the kingdom. <laughs> run I it back. It. So, so anyway, there's there's of course all kinds of exotic proposition bets. You know, like how long the Star Spangled Banner is going to last. You know, if uh, Troy Aikman's going to fart in the booth and we can hear it. <laughs> Uh, oh, you know, I don't, I don't think you can find that one. That's probably someone that I, that's one that I would make up, Tony. There you go. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I'm kind of more conventional. I actually do bet to hopefully make money. So I look for some things that kind of make sense and have some good value to it. So that way you're at least getting what you bet and more, you know. Um, and again, just like anything, you don't bet anything that you can't afford to lose. Remember. Exactly. So along those lines, your, I like that. Your first prop bet is will Tom Brady toss a touchdown in the first quarter? You have that set as yes, plus one or 45 or on the third quarter as uh, plus 170. Uh, if you wouldn't mind walking us through that one. 
Yeah, you know, kind of the logic on that is the, the over uh, the over under totals like 56 and a half. So the guys that are setting that, you know, think that it's going to be a high scoring game. Uh, so if that does materialize, uh, then, of course, uh, then it just goes to to say that there's going to be some, you know, touchdown passes. Of course, Brady's not going to be nervous with his 10th Super Bowl. He's not going to have any pregame jitters, all those different things. So you're getting plus money. Uh, you know, on your return, and it's it's got a good chance of happening. You know, there's never any kind of guarantee, uh, but you know that's what we look for is exactly. where the money that you're putting putting out, you're going to get a good return on it. Now, correct me if I'm wrong with a line like this where it's yes plus one forty five, basically means if somebody puts a hundred dollars down and it happens, they get paid back a hundred and forty five dollars. They get their original hundred back plus forty five. Correct. That's right. So in that particular case, it'd be two forty five. So if you have two hundred dollars and both both these, uh, you know, hit, you're going to be what is that? Uh, Four hundred sixty five dollars, you know, return. It, it's too early. a couple of touchdown tosses. It's too early for math today, and it's a Friday. So, <laughs> uh, let's move on to prop bet number two. Will Gronk score a touchdown? You've got yes plus one eighty. Uh, he's been sort of hit or miss this season. He's gone uh, a couple games with a few touchdowns, some with none. So this is sort of a, a coin toss. Yeah, absolutely, and that's really the point. Um, is that what I do here? Is I look for some fun coin toss uh, proposition bets where I'm going to go on the positive side. Now, my thinking angle on this, of course, Gronk and Brady have been together for Gronk's entire career. And um, this is, I'm in, like, Gronk could come back next year, and if they do win this, I don't know, there's there's arguments on both sides, uh, you know, for them to try to repeat. Um, you know, there's always, a, a, of course, a challenge, you know, mm -hmm. that any professional athlete would love that challenge, you know, going out like Elway did, you know, so to speak. And uh, but there's something to be said also for guaranteeing that your last victory in the Super Bowl, you went out right then. Exactly. You know, tomorrow is not guaranteed. So that being said, I, I can see, you know, something where Arians and and Brady's obviously going to be motivated if that if he can if he can get a, a touchdown toss to his to his buddy. Um, I think that that's it's just a good value. Plus 180, you're almost doubling your money, yeah. you know, on something that sentimentally you know, has a good chance of happening. Yeah, Gronk's old reliable for Tom Brady, which uh, I see this as a good chance of uh, people hitting. So, uh, unfortunately... Yeah. Hey, just to say, too, he, he is six seven, and he is a legitimate big target still. He's, he's slower, uh, but, man, I tell you what, he's got the experience and, and the hands and everything that would be required to just snatch one ball, you well, know, close to or in the end zone. And especially when he's against a 5'10 back. I mean, that's I mean, a know, huge disparity. Match, exactly. <laughs> well, folks, uh, you know, we've got the other prop bets. I'm going to run down real quick, but unfortunately we've run out of time. So the other prop bets are, will the first score be a field goal or a safety? You've got the Bucks plus 155, Chiefs 170. Uh, the other prop bet, total interceptions as one and a half. You've got that at plus 120. And then will the score over be, be overturned by a review? You've got yes, plus 245. And, of course, recapping the game itself, you've got the Chiefs, minus three. Be sure to buy the hook versus the Bucks. Gee, man, we always love having you on here. We're going to miss you for a few Fridays, but we will have you back for March Madness. Uh, we're talking uh, NCAA basketball. 
who doesn't love you know that those brackets so uh thank you so much for joining us g-man and people can find him on uh, facebook at the g-man the g hyphen man and uh check out seedless tendency as well thanks so much g-man hey no problem you guys uh, much love uh, good luck during the game hope you guys have a good time and uh, we'll talk to you down the line Awesome. Well, folks, that does it for this segment. When we come back, we're heading into the final segment of the show. It is time for This Day in History. Do not go anywhere. We'll see you guys on the other side. See you. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. Well, folks, we've made it to not only the final segment of this show, but also the final segment of the week on this episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Friday, February 5th. Now, if you missed a portion of the show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to phoenixmedia.us. Click on the show's link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts, whether it's Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Doozer, Dozer, Geezer, Gozer. Are you a god? Wow. I'm guessing you didn't bet that one. That was was an extended no. Well, it was funnier. I had to turn him down because it was too loud. It's supposed to be SpongeBob. Just getting going all nuts. I did not uh, get that. Yeah, no, he's not a god today. (laughs) Well, folks, while you're there, be sure to subscribe. That way you always have the latest episode. Leave a review. Let us know what you think and tell your friends. Because why, Tony? Sharing is caring. Sharing. Sharing is caring. And uh, speaking of which, we like to drop a little knowledge on you, hopefully make you laugh at this point in the day. It is time for This Day in History. Reversing the globe for the stories that turn the world on its head. It's This Day in History with your correspondent on the beat. Christian Phoenix. All right, kicking off this day in history, this day in 1428, King Alfonso Ribeiro, no, sorry, Alfonso V, (laughs) orders Sicily's Jews to attend conversion sermons and dance training. I mean, just conversion sermons. (laughs) Yes, and King Alfonso looks like a jack-o'-lantern. Yeah, he's got one of those weird bowl cuts from uh, the Middle Ages and... Yeah. Not flat. I'm King Alfonso Ribeiro, and I will create the Carlton of Aragon. <laughs> Look at my hair. <laughs> Let's move on this day in 1597. Boy, this is a disturbing uh, picture. Ooh, a yeah, it is. A group of early Japanese Christians, known as the 26 Martyrs, are killed by the new government of Japan for being seen as a threat to Japanese society. And in the picture, they are uh, being crucified with one guy uh, on the ground. They're getting ready to prop him up. Um, boy, religious wars, uh, there's no need for it. And uh, so much bloodshed in the name of religion. Wow. It's sad. It's a, it's a disturbing picture. It Yeesh. really is. All right, let's move on. This day in 1887, Giuseppe Verdi's opera Otello premieres at the La Scala in Italy. Verdi's first new opera for over 15 years. You know, those Italians, they love their operas, that's for sure. We love our... That's we Russian. Love our operas. <laughs> I was going to go Russian on you. Close to Giuseppe, it's, uh, you know, maybe some pasta. 
There you, like you go. Our opera. There you go. There you go. All right. This day in 1919, Hollywood Film Studio United Artists is founded by Charlie Chaplin, Douglas Fairbanks, Mary Pickford, and D.W. Griffith. And, uh, you know, early days of Hollywood, very few studios and, you know, one like United Artists that's been around so long, you still see making pictures today. Yeah, it's, dude, that's a creepy-ass Charlie Chaplin picture. It is. (laughs) Just freaky. I didn't realize United Artists was that old. I didn't either. But, uh, hey, you learn something new every day on the show. Why is it the same Winter Olympic picture every time? It's the same one. Maybe that's the only one they could capture in 1924. But uh, we're actually going to move <laughs> I be- know. on that this day in 1937. FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt proposes enlarging the Supreme Court. Court packing plan failed. Boy, that sounds familiar. Hmm. If you follow politics hmm. these days. The things that make you go, hmm. Hmm. This day in 1940, rock star of the time, Glenn Miller and his orchestra record Tuxedo Junction. It's one of your jams, right, Tone? Tuxedo Junction, yeah, what's your major malfunction? Yeah, Tuxedo Junction, ba do ba do ba do ba da da yeah. <laughs> A little School of Rock <laughs> reference there. Uh, all right, let's move on. This day in 1943, Jake LaMotta defeats future multi-weight world boxing champion Sugar Ray Robinson by unanimous points decision in Detroit in the second of their six meetings. His only win of their rivalry, Robinson's first loss in his first 40 pro bouts. And then Jake LaMotta, for those of you who don't know, was the inspiration for Raging Bull, played by Robert De Niro. Which- they should have shown a, in his prime picture, Jake LaMotta, they show like this really old version of Jake LaMotta against a really young Sugar Ray Robinson. And if you were just glancing with your eyes, there's no way in hell Jake LaMotta would take Sugar Ray. <laughs> Not in that picture, at No, least. no, no. Let's move on this day in 1944. Captain American, the first film premieres starring Dick Purcell, first appearance of Marvel superhero outside a comic, uh, of course, it's actually Captain America, but uh, they changed the name a little bit for what they need to. And, of course, they've got a picture of uh, Jack Kirby, Jack who's Kirby. the famous artist. They could have picked a better picture of him. <laughs> yeah, dude, Jack looks a little like he's answering a question or something. Yeah. And I'm glad they changed it to Captain America versus Captain American. Yeah. Captain American starring Dick Purcell. When Big Dick Purcell cap- is Captain American, you know that America is safe because he's Big Dick Purcell. <laughs> All right, let's move on. This day in 1971, Tony, in your uh, entertainment news yesterday, we were talking about the Golden Globe nominations. Well, this day in 1971 was the 28th Golden Globes with Love Story and George C. Scott as the big winners. Of course, uh, George C. Scott won for... Um, uh, Patton, I believe. Yeah, and then he was in Love Story, and the soundtrack was done by Taylor Swift. <laughs> it's a love story, baby, just say yes. Way before her time. All yeah, right, I know. Let's way, move way, on. Way. This day in 1977. Future Five Division World Boxing Champion Sugar Ray Leonard makes his professional debut with a six-round unanimous decision over Louis Vega at Baltimore Civic Center. And I've mentioned in the past I've had the honor to meet Sugar Ray Leonard, hang out at his home for a little bit. You can't ask for a nicer guy. So wonderful, showed me his belts and his gloves, and such an awesome, awesome representative for his sport. 
That's so cool. And all from just buying a vehicle, you know, just a car, just like you come to my house, I'll show you my stuff. That's pretty cool. I'm glad you at least got to experience that. That's that's awesome. Absolutely. Let's move on. This day in 1981, Joni Mitchell is inducted into the Canadian Hall of Fame. Um, I would assume we'll probably What's see Alan- boot? <laughs> Alanis Morissette, uh, Ryan Reynolds, uh, Brian Adams. It's- Who else would be there? Alan Thicke. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Joni Mitchell. Uh, let's keep moving on. This day, 1988, the first primetime wrestling match in 30 years. Andre the uh, Giant beats Hulk Hogan. Let me tell you something, brother. When Andre lifted him up, let me tell you something, dude. With his 24-inch pythons. <laughs> yeah. He turned out to be a real D-bag in life, didn't he? He did. Oof. Let's keep moving. This day in 1991, a Michigan court bars Dr. Death, Dr. Jack Vorkian, from assisting in suicides. Of course, if you were alive during that time, it was huge, huge news. Yeah, that's, uh, I always remember hearing about Dr. Kevorkian, and, and it always sounded like a horror movie. Dr. Kevorkian is coming to kill you. Dr. Dr. Death. Dr. Kevorkian will help you suicide. Dr. Kevorkian coming to theaters in 1991. <laughs> and then finally, in 1991, this day, Howard Stern kisses New York giant Leonard Marshall's ass over a bet. Stern lost, claiming the Giants would lose the Super Bowl. Of course, they won, and uh, he had to pay up, that's for sure. Yep, he had to kiss ass. Uh, I'm sure just like he kisses ass sometimes uh, in life. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. I don't know if he really does, but... Yeah. Well, before we close out the week, we like to run down today's holidays where we talk about the things that we're going to celebrate. For instance, today, ooh, this one gives me the chills. It is National Bubblegum Day. I've got a bubblegum, bubblegum. Chewed gum. Spit it out. Chew it up. It is California Western Monarch Butterfly Day. So I like pretty. Monarch Butterflies. It is Disaster Day. Mm. Yep. Try to avoid that one. Yep, in the bathroom. <laughs> Give kids a smile day. That should be every day. Kids should always be smiling. It is National Chocolate Fondue Day. That sounds mm, That sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> Here's one you might enjoy, Tony. National Shower with a Friend Day. Oh, uh, a hello, lady friend. friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hopefully you don't experience this day before the National Shower with a Friend Day. National Fart Day. And, of course, there's a big picture of beans. <laughs> It is National Wear Red Day. It is National Weather Person's Day. It is World Nutella Day. I love that. Ooh, and finally, good, yeah. this one doesn't make any sense. Move Hollywood to Broadway and Broadway to Lebanon, Pennsylvania Day. For whatever that's worth. Well, folks, okay. that does it for this week's so show. This week of shows. We'll be back Monday with an all-new episode. In the meantime, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl. We will see you guys Monday. Thank <laughs> you.